It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, everybody. This is Gus from redressfordummies.org. And today is September 23rd, 2018. We've got Ron Kukul on uh, as a guest today, survivor of the USS Liberty attack in 1967 on June 8th. And this is part three uh, of us basically just hanging out and listening to uh, to Ron tell his story about the stuff that uh, he went through, the miracles. And the uh, today we're going to be covering the aftermath and um, whatever else. Ron feels like talking about, and typically we do about a half hour because it's uh, it's emotional, and you know whenever Ron's all done, then that's it. And so uh, eventually we're going to do a Q and A session, but for now we're just kind of hanging out. And uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Jeff, who's uh, who who's the one who uh, got in touch with Ron on Facebook, became friends, and and uh, Jeff's a friend of mine. We do a health show on Tuesday nights. And uh, all that information is on on redressfordummies.org. We also do a common law show on on uh, Wednesday nights and a Bible study on Saturday. So you know, anytime you want to join us, or if you've got something you want to talk about and you'd like to air out, uh, just get in touch with me. My phone number is six zero three three nine six one zero nine two, and I'll be happy to do a call with you if I think uh, you know if it's something that I believe in. So with that, I'll turn it over to Jeff, and we'll get started. Thanks for being here, Ryan. I, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Gus, for doing this. Um, thanks, everybody, for coming out today. Um, yeah, what we like to do is we like to maybe once or twice a week, um, basically at least once a week, try to sit with Ron and, and just pick his brain a little bit, help him with uh, getting some things off of his chest as well. You know, this has been... Um, you know, quite a life uh, for a survivor of something like that. So uh, basically, we just want to talk about whatever, you know, Ron's comfortable talking about. We want to, yeah, we definitely want to talk about, I like to call it the wake of uh, of that, of the ship. You know, what happened in the wake of that, that event, um, how, how it changes lives and how it changes families. And not to forget that Ron wasn't the only one who survived. I mean, there was other survivors that day that were traumatized. And there was families that were torn apart, and um, and there was a lot of lies told uh, uh, for the last five decades. So, Ron, welcome. Thanks for coming, taking some time today. Yeah, thank you. Maybe the quality of this uh, call might be a little bit better. I'm on my truck radio right now. You won't hear any squeaking or anything like that. Uh, basically. Uh, the thing that probably uh, caught my eye quicker than anything I can think of when I came back, because uh, I was abs- I was an absolute mess. There's there's just no two ways about it. Um, body recovery uh, didn't uh, work very well for me, and being in charge of it made it even worse. But coming home was the most eye-opening I think I've ever uh, witnessed in my whole life. And being gone with the United States Navy for eight years overseas and stuff like that, uh, you don't stay as connected as a lot of people would be with the laws that are taking uh, place. Uh, this changes in society. Uh, and I was, as I said, when I come home, it was really an eye-opener to me. Um, the, the first thing that struck me uh, was the... Uh, it struck me because I just couldn't believe it, was the no-fault divorce law. And now, now this probably sounds like it doesn't have anything to do with the attack on liberty, but later on in life, it certainly did with me. And um, I just want to say right here and now that there's no experience that I can think of right now that um, is more humiliating, uh, disgusting, uh, I can't think of any other adjectives right now 
um, than being drug <laughs> than being drug into the uh, a, a divorce court and literally made you feel like a criminal. And in Wyoming, uh, men didn't have stand much of a chance in divorce court. Believe me, back when uh, this divorce happened to me, you just uh, um, the judge uh, uh, told my lawyer that uh, not to even ask for the kids because uh, uh, because I was a combat veteran and the white and the woman was always the best parent and that's exactly what they told me. Um, it's it's just an experience to sit there in this courtroom and have the whole. It seemed like to me the whole courtroom. It wasn't point their finger at you like you're some kind of a criminal. I did tell them, Jeff, that I'd never been in jail in my life, not once, and uh, and I never have, even to this day. I did tell them, Jeff, that I was one of the most trusted in the United States Navy because I carried a top-secret clearance, and my background had went into, and I told them this, and they just ignored it. So it's an experience, and they took everything I owned away from me. Uh, Thank God they let me see the kids every two weeks. Uh, and so I had literally become a stranger to my own kids. Uh, you know, I couldn't figure, she divorced, I was divorced because of irreconcilable differences. You know, the same old reason, the uh, the patented, uh, this will get you a divorce thing, uh, you name it. And um, he told the courts that I was a combat veteran and that I was dangerous to be around, although I'd never, as I said, been in jail in my life or done anything to be caused to be drug into a court. And yet they accepted that. And um, so it sticks in my craw, and it still sticks in my craw. And I hope someone from the state of Wyoming hears this, because that's how I feel about it. Thank you for treating a combat veteran and I'm not anybody special. I just happen to be one. Decorated with a purple heart and a few other medals. Thank you for the treatment because it ruined my life. And I don't care who knows it, Jeff. I just don't care. Well, uh, you know, it's very interesting that, you know, we're doing, we're speaking about this right now because, you know, that show that we do on Wednesday nights, this is what we talk about. Um, we talk about how, in reality, as man, the state has no authority. But as soon as you hire an attorney, you hand over full authority to them. And that's what we've gotten away from. We've gotten away from the natural common law that this country was founded on. And it's happened because of all of the things that have taken place uh, since the inception of the United States. So, but getting away from that, you know, I like to point out that, yeah, you were a combat veteran, but you rarely saw combat. <laughs> and that's the that's what gets me is that they, they put you in a pile. You're all together, no matter what. Whether you saw hand-to-hand combat, whether you, came, whether you had a criminal record or not, doesn't matter. None of that matters. You're the same as all the rest. <clears throat> that's and, right. uh, and and that's that's the travesty. That's the travesty of it all. And it's it's interesting to think about this horrible thing happening to you, happening to, you know, the USS Liberty, and here we are talking about your divorce and what they did in the aftermath of this tragedy. And uh, it's just very interesting, the layers that you're peeling away here, Ron. Um, I, I need, it's probably very good for me to do that, Jeff. Uh, yep. I want to get it off my chest, and I uh, thank you very much for allowing me to do so. Um, um, I know, as I said before, uh, I'm not really a combat veteran, but I am a combat veteran. Right. I was put in combat. I never killed anybody. It was a three-day situation, but I will tell you this. Well, it was actually only two hours to be to be the truth about you. The things they tried to do with us within two hours, and we were meant to go to the bottom. We were meant to die, but they couldn't get the job done. And uh, causing us to uh, almost go to the bottom, causing us to have to recover our own shipmates, 
And believe me, I tried to get out of it. I did everything I could to get out of being in charge of that, uh, Petty officer in charge of that. And so, no, I'm definitely not a combat veteran, as some might be, who did hand-to-hand combat, who ended up having to kill people that they probably didn't want to kill. No, that's not me. We were just put in a situation we weren't prepared for. We weren't ever trained for combat. You were set up. And and we were set up. That's the worst part of this. That's, let me just say yes, it really it, quickly. I don't mean to cut you off, but that, that's the worst part of this. There is no way you can, be, you can defend yourself when you're set up. There's, there, you don't know what's happening. You, know, you don't know what's going to happen unless, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a big difference when you're set up by your own people. Yeah, that and it's is also, the ultimate it's big, betrayal. That's the biggest surprise I think that I ever encountered my whole life. And really, after all these years, Jeff, after all these years, I never wanted to believe it until a Jewish professor from the university, uh, from Temple University, wrote a book that's going to come out the 1st of December called Blood in the Water. She has researched this. She has found out information that nobody really knew about. And she's printed it. And she's named names of people within the CIA who planned this, who planned this attack, along with uh, some people, some Israelis. And uh, the book is going to be available, and I I implore people that are listening to get this book on Amazon.com because it is one of the most revealing uh, what this government has done over the years that I think I've ever seen. And what they did to us on that particular day, uh, it reveals it all. So before my time is up, Jeff, on this earth, I'd like to see this country come to terms with what they've done in the past, admit to it, and take a new direction. I think that that's uh, something we're we're some of us are really trying to help people understand. You know, Ron, what's been done to us here has been spoon-fed slowly over a long period of time. People have been conditioned to believe absolute falsehoods as facts, and literally in the legal system. Truth is falsehood, and falsehood is truth. It's absolutely flipped over in the system. And that system has been responsible for the destruction of community, society, families, food supply, health care, okay, on and on and on. And and, um, so this is what we, we, you know, and Gus can chime in here too, you know, um, this is what we... We talk about, you know, Sean and John and, and Gus, and we, we do shows on this on, on Wednesday nights, and we do a Bible study on Saturdays, and this is what we talk about, getting back to the common natural law rights of man um, and using that uh, in your everyday life <laughs> like it was done pre-Constitution when the colonies, you know, the people of the colonies, you know, they they used the common law. And that's the superseding law, and that's so the, it all boils down to um, getting an understanding of what's happened. And the most difficult part, Ron, is something that you said is that, you know, you've been talking about this for 50 years, and you just assume that people know this, you know, know about it, and nobody knows about it anymore. You know, like there's very few people that know about it because it's been kept from them. So that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. It has to, on, uh, it has to be understood. It, it does need to be understood. Um, and on that note, uh, something something that's something I'd like to chime in on is uh, what we do on Wednesday night is we talk about natural law, and natural law is is from the Creator. It's you know gravity, for instance, is natural law. You're not going to change it. And the things that we discuss are the things that are 
the reason you go when you go to court, the reason you put your hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, is because the Bible is the highest form of law. And I mean, you're not supposed to swear to begin with. You're supposed to let your yes be yes and your no be no. But you know, why did why does the system still rely on the Bible for you to put your hand on to testify? It's because that is the highest form of law. And in that law, there is no irreconcilable differences. Okay, there's, there's supposed to be, you know, adultery or some other reason, not just because, uh, you know, you have a difference of opinion. And there's a lot of that stuff. And, and so I don't want to, you know, get on a, my soapbox and talk about that. I'd, I'd prefer to let Ron continue, but I just wanted to throw that in there that, that that's, you know, that's our position. Um, anyway. I agree with that. Um, it's a definitely uh, a God's law. It's a, it definitely, um, well, the truth is being exchanged for a lie. It's almost everything is accepted. As, is, it's a, a lie and is accepted. And um, I think the thing that probably has hurt more than anything as a uh, man who is, I've lived my life, I've never been in jail, never been held in court for anything, never been uh, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, carry a top secret clearance with this country. Uh, and then we are exposed, not just me. Surviving crew for trying to tell the truth have that finger of anti-Semitism pointed at them. We didn't need that. We are not, we never have been anti-Semitic. And as I just mentioned a little while ago, this Jewish lady who's a professor, who was a professor at Temple University is a good friend of mine. And um, he wrote the book, Blood in the Water. I hope people read it. I just reordered it. How about that? Good. It had to be pre-ordered. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you very much because people, uh, once they find this out, I, I would venture to say that other than the truth about what really happened to us, this book is a uh, um, it's a barn murder. It's uh, unbelievable what this lady has done. And um, I have argued with people over the years. I've been on radio shows where anybody was allowed to call in, and if one of these people wanted to jump in there and call me, whatever they felt like calling me, it happened. And uh, I certainly don't need any more of that, and I know it won't happen here. But uh, I, uh, I just wanted this whole country to know we are destroying the very foundation what this country is all about, belief in God family, you name it. We're destroying it. It's happening right in front of our eyes. And some of us guys who survived the liberty have tried to tell you this over and over and over. And we're not going to be here much longer. And I think there's some factions that hope we're not. Because we have never stood down from this. We've always stood in their face. And now we're all kind of reaping uh, the old age, which they hopefully would get to, uh, the old age and the dying off, which they hope would, would happen to us. Funny that it hasn't. A lot of these guys are still alive. So um, I wanted to get this off my chest. And uh, being treated that way in a divorce court when, uh, uh, as a veteran, i got to tell you, I didn't like it. And I certainly didn't like being called anti-anything because I never was. And uh, got it off my chest, and we did like that. Right, right. Um, so, I guess I have a I have a question about, um, you know, right after this happened, you came back. Um, I, I would I would think you know I, how long how long from, you know, this happening to you guys, were you actually, did you actually get home? Oh, actually, from the time of the attack, well, um, 
it took about after the attack. It took us about uh, I think about a week to get to Malta and to dry dock to get the ship prepared. So there was a week there, and then I had to do the body recovery and help with the ship cleanup. That was another uh, four or five days, and then after the body recovery and the ship cleanup was done, uh, they we were allowed to uh, get on a United Airlines flight and fly into New York City. After New York City, I was stationed at Sinclair Fleet Headquarters in Norfolk, Virginia for a couple months at least, and and then I was discharged honorably. Uh, It should have been medically because uh, I was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, which nobody really even knew what that meant back then. It wasn't even in the diagnostic manual for for doctors, and uh, and two uh, fairly severe back injuries from uh, recovering the bodies from dragging them around. Water logged bodies were pretty heavy, and uh, just literally being a, a complete mess. So uh, it was uh, two or three months after that, uh, all the way from June 8th to I think it was around August 25th. Uh, before I got home. Okay. So it took a while. It took a little while. Yeah. Well, um, I was. It was time for me to uh, either get out or stay in, um, because I was on my second four-year hitch, and that that eight years is almost done. And uh, they did give me the choice. I will admit it. Uh, after what had happened, all I could think of was to get the H out of there, and I'm uh, never going to see the United States Navy again or anything, anything compared to it. Um, Ron, can I ask a question? Going home. Here, jump in. Yeah. Tell us who you are. Introduce yourself to Ron. Yeah, I, I call myself Rapport. It's not my real name, but on TalkShoe, uh, I would just as soon use a, a handle. So, um, Ron, at any point were you, when you were mustering out, uh, did did you get any kind of a lecture about divulging uh, information uh, about what it, what had happened, and that uh, under the UCMJ uh, you you could actually end up being prosecuted and thrown into Leavenworth Federal uh, Penitentiary? Yes. Um... They didn't give me the lecture, but they gave uh, several of the guys a lecture right aboard the ship uh, just a couple, three days after the attack. Uh, They told them that uh, if they ever spoke a word about this, it would be uh, 10 years in jail and a $10,000 fine. And uh, I just happened to be at sick bay when they were doing this, so I never got the lecture. Uh, I never got the lecture when I got home, neither. So... uh, I gave that lecture to just about everybody that they could get their hands on. So uh, the first man that wrote the book, Assault on the Liberty, James Ennis, I'm sorry, James Ennis, uh, I'm not sure whether he got that lecture or not, but uh, those orders and those threats, according to him, were not lawful, never were. And uh, so... He wrote the book, he put it out in front of the public, and that opened up the hose for the rest of us. We just started talking, and we've been doing it for a lot of years. Hope that answers your question. Yeah, that did. Uh, I got I got something similar uh, after, after Vietnam. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I was in amphibious assault, and uh, we were we were doing a lot of things that uh, the government did not want the the people to know about. And uh, I I I actually took all that to heart because uh, I'm sure they were they were real serious about it. Uh, uh, could have could have actually ended up uh, either either disappearing un, into. Uh, one one of their little black hole prisons, or or uh, being prosecuted and going to Leavenworth, 
and I kept that stuff bottled up for years and years. I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't talk about it and, and uh, whatnot. And I, I ended up having uh, problems, PTSD type problems. And uh, then, uh, well, I, I don't know about you, but I, 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 the the Veterans Administration is uh, just about as close to worthless as, as uh, any kind of a, a bureaucracy can be. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of guys went and they they got the chemical lobotomies and, and uh, then they got they got on uh, on the dole and. You see them, see them riding around even today on their welfare Harleys. That all of them have that same lobotomized look on their face. We try to talk to them. Uh, there's, there's absolutely no depth to, to, uh, you know, to, to them, to their experience and that sort of thing. And uh, I got, a, I got a real, just a, a real sour uh, kind of an attitude over the whole veteran experience uh, and I, I did I tried I tried some uh, quasi private veterans groups and um, there was just no help to me uh, and and talking about it has never made it any better uh, 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 had, had all kinds of issues with that when I did go to the VA they they they, they processed me uh, through the PTSD clinic here at at uh, Lewis McCord, and uh, uh, that that was what it was. I I'd go, I would go in, uh, and I, I was taking the pills, and I, I would go in for these these sessions, and 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 the sessions comprised of this snot-nosed, wet behind the ear uh, graduate. You know, from from I don't know what college, and it was the same thing over and over and over again. And uh, you know, I, I it, the the last time I went, uh, I got out of the session, and, I, and I'd have to walk around afterwards. I'd go out in front of the the building there and just kind of walk around. They had nice lawns, and uh, I did. I just came to the logical conclusion that they wanted me to go crazy. They they actually wanted me to to go out of my mind, and and uh, so that was the last my last experience uh, going to the VA for that kind of help. They, uh, uh, I worked for the VA for uh, yeah I worked I worked for the VA for 23 years, and uh, yeah I don't know how I got through it, but I did. I've been uh, with post traumatic stress disorder and all that stuff, um, but I did have a lot of connection with Vietnam veterans. And as I walked down the hallways, I could see a lot of these guys were wearing some shirts and brand new jackets I'd never seen before. And so uh, I followed them down and I, they turned around and what they had uh, written or inscribed or painted, whatever you want to call it, on the back of their jackets was the most inspiring thing I think I ever saw from a Vietnam veteran, and it was a statement to everybody, to the VA, to doctors, whatever. And it was pretty simple. It said, and I quote, I'm a Vietnam veteran, and if you haven't been there, shut up. I sort of like that. Uh, because it's not no kids. Uh, people didn't have a clue who tried to do something for us, if they were even trying to do anything for us, who acted like they had been there, knew it all. I certainly understand that. Um, I even understand it even from my own standpoint. Um, I don't think there's a single doctor that can really relate to being the victim of a surprise attack as we were and being defenseless and being meant to die, and then finding out after all these years, if you happen to pick up the book, that it was planned right here in this country. That's even worse. Well, I have to say that it wasn't it wasn't planned right here in this country, but the United States did do it. The United States is a corporation, and they are run by the Crown 
and they're all in on it. And it's a private bank, and it's a corporate system of statutes and codes, and it has nothing to do with man, and it's all a business. And I, uh, you know, uh, and I've said this to you before, Ron. When I saw your post about your denouncing your oath, um, it was last year or the year before. I can't remember a year and a half ago, something like that. That's when you really, really connected with me, or I connected with you, I should say. That really connected because once you understood that, I said, okay, that's taken a long time for him. And now he's going to have some real breakthroughs. And I'm just proud of you. I can't say it enough because the... I, you know, I, Gus. I just made a decision. We're going to do a health show based on veterans, and we're going to do a we're going to do a health show based on post traumatic stress disorder. We're going to do it based on the vaccine injury that uh, that all of these veterans have been um, have been toxified uh, by a vaccine. Um, we're going to yeah, Dana. I just found out also. I don't know if you guys know what it's called, where they do these, they, they take the Vietnam veterans for, uh, they fly them into, I don't know if they fly them into D.C. or something, they all have, they all get together, I don't know, they do it They do it as a as a gift to the veterans every year. You know anything about that? I've heard about it. Um, apparently, they're called something, I forget what they're called, something flights it's called, and Dana apparently has done dozens of these flights. So um, she's very, yeah, and so anyway, and she she was going to, I think she thought she might miss them because they're on, they're on Tuesday, they're on, they do it on a Tuesday, but now this year it's going to be on a Wednesday, so she's not going to miss it, and basically, uh, Ron, I want to get her connected with you, um, and anyone else who is interested, but uh, I want to get her connected with you to help you out with some of your health issues. Because she's uh, she's an herbalist and she's just amazing, amazing. Uh-huh. And and um, and anyone else who's interested in this, we do a health show on Tuesdays uh, at nine o'clock, uh, nine Eastern. And yeah, we're gonna do a show. We're gonna we're gonna do one, maybe more than one. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna focus on veterans specifically because I gotta tell you guys, I have you know all of my uncles were in World War II in Korea. Period. Um, all of them saw hand to hand con combat period. Some worse than others, by the way. But yes. yes. The oldest uncle died last year. He was ninety uh, two years ago. He was ninety years old, ninety one, something like that. And uh he was in the Navy and took shrapnel like not sure where if it was Okinawa or what, but um got out, healed up and rejoined the CB <laughs> And uh, ended up getting malaria, and getting out, and using his own doctors to heal. He never used the veteran, you know, the Veterans Administration, none of their stuff, none of the military stuff. Started his own plumbing uh, business, uh, masonry and plumbing. And um, when he died, the Navy wouldn't even pay for his three hundred dollar urn. So, you know, and this has been on and on and on. You know, my uncle, MIA Korea. You know, all the things and the stories and the. BS we get from the government. We just don't tend to believe anything they say anymore. So I think it's time to do a, a show for for um, helping you guys detox and deal with. I mean, there's no way in my mind that anyone should have PTSD for 50 years. Sorry. So to me, that means that just tells me that no one that you've come in contact with has really known how to help you. And, um, well, uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. Can I make one thing abundantly clear? Sure, absolutely. Uh, about my about my oath and everything else. Is this I will report? say this. Who is this? Uh, oh, this is report. Or is this? Uh, no, it's this is Ron. Okay. No, it's... <laughs> I just I just wanted to make this abundantly clear to everybody. Um, I have done. I don't know about the rest of the guys. I can't speak for them. 
what I've done over the last 51 years, I've done because I really believe in this country. I really believe what this country is all about. I believe in the family unit. I believe I love your family. I love mine. And I certainly can never forget growing up in the 50s and what a great time it was. And all I wanted is to make sure that the kids, my kids, your kids, everybody's kids in this country enjoyed what I got to enjoy. And so I just want the people to know that some of us, no matter what the consequences, and because we were trained to do so, stood for this country no matter what. And to put us in a category like we've been done for so many years can only lead to the destruction of this country. And Calvin Coolidge said it best. He said it um, many years ago, of course, uh, that nation that forgets its defenders will be forgotten itself. Now, said. He nailed it. I agree. Well, look, guys, if you let me, uh, I need to get off here. Uh, it's uh, starting to bother me a bit, so I appreciate it for having me on, but I really need to get off. No worries, sir. We really appreciate you, Ron. And um, I'll be in touch with you in the next couple of days with uh, yeah. some other stuff for to help you out with your health. Okay, thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Ron. We'll talk to you soon, you buddy. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, I'm going to hang up. There's a few other people. You're going to hang up? Okay. Oh, no, I won't, uh, I, won't hang, a, I won't hang up. I'll wait. All right. There's a friend of mine, Ed's on. From New Hampshire, we were, uh, we shared our house together before I came out here. He used to edit my website, and that I just wanted like to say to thanks me. to Ed. <laughs> so uh, Ed's uh, Ed's not been a fan of the IRS, <laughs> but uh, he's got some great experiences. I, are there fans? Are there fans of, of the IRS? <laughs> I don't know. I suppose there are somewhere. Holy <laughs> shit! I didn't even think about that. There might be. Oh, yeah, there's definitely fans out there someplace, you know, IBM or uh, Procter & Gamble, you know. <laughs> but Eric's on, Eric's on with us, and and uh, there's a few people who just happened to jump on at the at this uh, spur-of-the-moment call. And I, I wanted to give Rapport a chance to really uh, say hello and to add any comments before we, we go, because I don't know if we'll have a chance to talk with them again. So, uh I'd like to turn it over to whoever wants to chime in and say hello with any final thoughts before we sign off. Well, I, I didn't want to depress poor Ron any more than he, he seemed to be already, but uh, he's certainly not alone with uh, the divorce and PTSD uh, cycle. I've been through that myself and I uh, had, had a lot of fun with the IRS at one time. Uh, my wife was also my bookkeeper. And uh, <laughs> the day she left is the day I started finding out what sort of deep trouble I was actually in. So, yeah, I, I went through that. I went through that ring dang, ring dang do. And, and of course, uh, yeah, she... Uh, she the the law of the government no, nobody held her accountable you know if, even though we were married uh she she ended up uh well for you know lack of a better way of putting it uh 17 years of my, worth of my hard work uh i i came out of the divorce feeling lucky to uh actually own what i owned uh before we get, before i got married and and that was that was uh, that was about it. So yeah, I've been I've yeah, been through right. that. I've I've been in court, and I, I found out absolutely how powerless a man is in our occupied uh, government. And I I well, like to stipulate not, that, uh, right? that this is an occupied government. It's yeah, a it regime 
and and uh, any, anybody who <laughs> who doesn't believe that, uh, I think you don't have your eyes open. Well, you know, it's, the, it's really, uh, I have I have a I have a, I, sh I don't know if anybody else has seen it. There's a video that Alan, where Alan West uh, talks about. Um, the president being the CEO of the corporation known as the United States. It's not a secret. The East India Trading Company became, and it's a corporation, and, and it's a company, and, you know, all the states are the same. And all the cities that are yeah, incorporated are corporations, and all the police departments are private security forces that are that are contracted for that corporation. And it's not what everybody thinks it is. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. You know? We talk about those kinds of things on Wednesday night. That's, that's a lot of the stuff we talk about on Wednesdays. Yeah, and, you know, well, mean, it's, veterans... It's damnably frustrating. Veterans get it. It's... Yeah, well, and the, the, bottom, the bottom line is... Uh, there, there isn't much uh, we can do, you know, as far as, you know, making meaningful uh, impact. Uh, the, to, to, to my way of thinking, uh, the last nail of the coffin of uh, Christianity and Western jurisprudence uh, happened in Nuremberg. And uh, go back and take a look at that trial and, and realize you know some some of the atrocities of justice that happened there, where uh, hearsay hearsay was was admitted as evidence, and that the uh, defense was denied uh, denied uh, any any admission of evidence at all. And that, as far as I know, that's the first major uh, Western jurisprudence trial uh, where. The, the the regime that has slowly and surely uh, occupied not only America but a uh, huge part of the world this international clique of gangsters and that's that's what they've been called and there have been many uh, luminaries many very learned uh, men who have have used uh, similar language uh, about this this uh, this putridity, this this and and I, and I uh, what what I found out I I, I was somewhat. I, I, I'm sorry. I have I to giggle. For, I have to I, I have to giggle for one second. You said putridity, <laughs> and I love it's it. It's a great <laughs> word. It's a great fucking word. That's a great word. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking. I didn't want to cut off, cut him off. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. Oh, well. Thanks for doing it for both of us. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's uh, and it, it, the 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 one thing that I have found the the the, the most most healing element for for uh, well PTSD and uh, other other uh, things that that our our fellow human beings suffer from. Uh, is truth, and truth. Truth is not. Is truth is a bitter pill. It's hard. It's 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 constantly. I I I find that that my my cultured blind faith beliefs, uh, being being stripped out of my psyche. You know, one one after another, and uh, it's a, it's sort of an ongoing process, and uh, it's. I, I guess you could call it uh, about the about the only uh, addiction that actually does a human being any good, and that's that's becoming addicted to the truth. And then uh, the, one one thing the enemy loves to do, you know, they 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 oh truthers and and uh, they've they've got all kinds of labels that they put on uh, people. Who want to stand up and say, "Hey, you know, look, look at USS Liberty. You know, that what, what, where's, what, why isn't the truth on that out?" And it's all, oh, "Well, you're, you're a truther. You're a Nazi. You're this. You're that." They start the, they start slapping the labels on you, uh, uh, right and left. Well, there's, you know, and, and the I, thing I've is, seen... is here, 
here's, you know, my answer to all of those labels is anyone who's labeling anyone those kind of labels is lost. So I always consider the source. So if someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about is labeling me something that I'm not, why do I care? I don't. Yeah. I honestly don't. Because there's only, you're only going to reach so many people. You're only going to reach so many See, the, the whole problem with the truth is that only certain people can handle it. It hurts. Like you said, it hurts because it, it, it's difficult to unlearn and be accountable for being wrong for so, for so long. That's a difficult thing. We've all been duped. But we've also not really looked into how and why and how to fix it. Because there is remedy. You said you think it, it might be too far gone. Well, I mean, I don't know that I completely disagree. The Nuremberg trials are one thing, but our healthcare system was designed by Nazi scientists. I mean, Planned Parenthood is eugenics. It's always been. When you have a con- you can't tell me that this government is so great and this country is so great when we lose 300,000 fucking children a year. 300,000 children a year disappear. How great are we? Yeah, that's uh how yeah, disappeared go missing. That's, infant, that's how yeah, how great are we when our infant mortality rate is less than some third world countries? And we have our healthcare system is rated well below, well, well, well below many, many other countries worldwide. Tell me how great we are. Tell me how great we are when our food is poisoned well, and our water is poisoned. You know, I mean. Well, uh, why, why, why is we, it's our fault? Why, our why fault. do, why, why, why is, why is all that poisoning and pollution happening? Who's who's doing all the poisoning and polluting? You know, we are. I, I kind of play the devil devil's advocate here. Yes, we are. <laughs> and uh, the the idea, uh, I I I heard it said a couple times from uh, sources that, that seemed to know what they were talking about. We're carbon-based life forms, and once once that carbon is used up, when, every time every time we eat. Uh, we consume carbon, and that carbon is processed. And once it's processed, it, it's not coming back. There's no way to replace it. And and I've, I've heard that half half of the available carbon that carbon-based life forms need to exist, and we're talking about just just about everything, everything on this planet, uh, ex- except for some uh, creatures that that live down. Uh, by the volcanic vents in the in the ocean, and then they they exist on methane, but about half of that carbon has been used up, and what what it, that, that's a to me that's a monumental truth. So what what does it mean? I mean you know you talk you talk about the uh, uh, eugenics, and and. Uh, if 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 the human species is going to survive, and if life is going to survive as a whole, as in this this system that, that this this planet has, this carbon-based system, we're going to have to going to have to come to some some reckoning. Uh, and and I I I I think the the idea of of just uh, Producing children and breeding and making more children uh, simply simply because you know uh, is, is really losing its impetus. It's losing it's losing its flavor uh, to to all of humanity because we are in fact the polluters. We're we are the ones that are destroying the we environment, are in fact destroying the modified. planet. We are genetically modified. And that we that well. We are AI already. We are DNA manipulated already. And you know, this is listen. You know, this is some, this is some deep stuff we can really get into because this this planet has been wiped out multiple times. There's, you know, what I mean. So there's been technology here before. 
there's, you know, it, may, it has to make you wonder, right? Well, it's never been taken back to a, a methane atmosphere, <laughs> which is which is what what it uh, initially started out with. Sure about that? But uh, we we could do we could <laughs> do that. Yeah, the Earth. Earth uh, be, be, sure before uh, life 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 star well I, I, mean, I, I can look at the archaeological record i can look at the course core samples that go back millions and millions and millions of years the the, they know uh, the analysis about, of, of it's all hey uh, hey guys i don't well I, it's interesting I, oh, can you guys hear me yeah it's 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 not go ahead guys this is no i it's just uh we're getting way off topic and it's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to keep the I want to keep the calls uh, short for anybody who wants to listen to them because we we yep. can easily do a four hour call and nobody's going to want to download it, and so uh, we're going to be back uh, Tuesday night for a health call, Wednesday night for a law show, Saturday again for Bible study, and uh, rapport. If you'd like to do a show and have a discussion about this, I'd be more than happy to do that to do that um but i'd like to do it on a separate call and, and to terminate this one so with that unless uh, somebody else has something they want to chime in on specifically with the u.s liberty um go ahead and speak up otherwise i'm going to go ahead and terminate the call and uh we can get back together my uh my, I'm going to stay on for a couple of minutes and give you my contact information after I terminate the recording. Is there anybody else that's got something they'd like to add before we close up? Hey, Gus, this is Eric. Just wanted to say hi. Hey, Jeff. Um, thanks hey, for uh, bringing your friend on. I think it's awesome to hear his story. I mean, it sucks for him to probably have to relive it, but at some point I guess he's got to deal with it. So I think you're doing doing good stuff with him and I think that's a great idea to have a call that is specifically going to deal with the health of veterans particularly their mental status and uh, you know things that they can do to help them get out of the the holes that they find themselves in but anyhow just wanted to say hi and thanks a lot thanks Gus you guys are awesome all right thanks for being here appreciate it Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it, man. Anybody else? <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and terminate the. Uh, I'm, I'm going to cut yeah. the recording, and then I'm going to hang out and and give report my contact information, and then uh, we'll be off. I'll terminate. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.